You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. MyMac Podcast 643. Mac users up in arms. You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. MyMac.com podcast. This is number 643 uh, for February 4th, 2017. Hello, we guys. never do that. I know. Well, we never do that. No. Well, uh, you know, you you know it's so many podcasts do do that, though. You know, where they come on and they say, well, this is the podcast for a blah, 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 when, you know, putting in the, the, the date and, uh, and all the rest of that. And, you know, that's kind of what makes our show timeless in that, you know, you can listen to it at any time. And because, number one, we don't put the date in. And number two, the topics that we that we choose are what's 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 a kind word? What's a, what's a nice way to say this? I don't um, know what you're trying to say, fella. Oh, well, I mean, just that the, the things we talk um, about are are timeless. Yeah, yeah, we're timeless. Uh, I'd like to tell, actually, everybody who's listening, we do actually put the date into our show notes. And the date um, that <laughs> is in this current um, show notes is Sat Friends Thursday, 62.5 of March, Jews, October. Yeah. Well, that was so the current date. That helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and tomorrow will be sixty three point five erd. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. What, what what are you going to say? I was going to say uh, that Apple has released their financials for the first quarter of twenty seventeen, and <gasps> they made a lot of money. I know, shocking, right? And but the, the cool part is, year over year, they're back in the black again. Now, uh, we've talked in the past that the release of the iPhone six. And the six uh, plus, which were the, you know the first big iPhones, created such a huge demand, and they sold so many of them that it wasn't really a surprise that for the first quarter of 2016 that there was a, a big drop. So you know, if you look at like a graph of how much uh, money Apple makes, and not even really so much profit, but revenue. It's a relatively steady climb with the exception of, you know, if you take out first quarter 2016, it's this like nice linear um, uh, graph. You throw in 27 or 2016 and it looks like they just took such a dump at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> but that's that, that is that is that is an unfortunate expression. Yeah. Uh, why? Oh, okay. Ah, big dump. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're making money again, and apparently that makes Wall Street happy. So, for whatever crazy reason, people go out and buy lots of stock. So, yeah. hooray! Yeah, hooray! Hurrah! Yeah, and um, it's uh, funny be, actually because yeah, go ahead. It's funny because the analysts that whenever they beat 
expectation, very often we see their stock drop. And we see the stock drop because everybody says, ah, yeah, but it's because they didn't accurately, accurately tell the financialist that they were going to hit those targets. They underestimated. And this year, they overperform <laughs> yeah. on an underestimation, and yet it goes up. And, yeah. You know, there's no there's no reckoning it sometimes. Someone's <laughs> going to come up with all sorts of excuses as to why it's gone up, and you know, it's and uh, that uh, Apple is still doing. It's a dark eye. No, 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 not no, no. Nobody says that now. Uh, actually, guy, I'm going to say to you, I'm getting fed up of people going on about that and saying, "Oh yeah, uh, uh, Apple's doomed." We know they're not doomed now. They are not doomed <laughs> for a long time because they've got so much money in the bank. So let's never more speak of doom. Okay, okay sure. Apple is doomed. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't the Mac, you, you the knew Mac I was going to do that. The Mac might be doomed. But yeah, not. and oh. uh, that's actually something oh. we're going to kind of talk about that in the uh, the next section. And <laughs> well, and actually. Sort of. Yeah, well, sort of. Speaking of the next section, um, we got something in Google Plus from Alistair Jenks. Yay! And go, Alistair! Go, Alistair! Go! I, I had told him over Off. on Google Plus that we were going to broach this uh, this subject very soon. Um, Alistair, this is not you know, what we're going to talk about in the center section. Actually, has nothing whatsoever to do with what you put in and, but we will, we will get to that. Just wanted to, to let you know. So yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> brain, brain, no working today. Um, and, and this will come as a shock. It, it seems like every single week. Well, it comes as a shock that your brain's not working. No, no. Everybody knows that. Oh, all right. Okay. That I have made some changes to my audio setup. <laughs> not a shock. Not a shock, I know. What it'll I, be a shock if when I you don't, don't make exactly. <sighs> well, what and now the the mixer that I use, which is a Behringer, has a preamp because the microphone that I use is, is a dynamic microphone. It's a, um, uh, a PR forty, and because it's a dynamic microphone, it it's not powered. So it, with a microphone that isn't powered. There has to be something that that kind of boosts the signal that the microphone is putting out. So uh, in a lot of mixers, what they do is they include a preamp. And preamps are of various degrees of quality. Uh, the ones in the Behringer, according to the stuff that I've read, are pretty good. They're not great because it's, it's like a, a digital preamp. Whereas... Uh, the preamps that that most people talk about, and, you know, and I, I'm talking completely out my ass here because I am not an expert in this in any way, shape or form. But the best preamps are uh, tubed preamps. I'm just looking. I'm just looking at all of the detailed show notes that you put for yourself. Yeah, it's like two talking sentences. About this. It's two lines. <laughs> two lines, yeah, and I've been going on about it. But but I, I picked up this, it's this thing from Art. It's the Studio V3, which is a tubed preamp. And I've been messing around with a little bit, and it's going to probably take me a week or two until I, I get that, like, sweet spot. But with this preamp, it means that I'm not using any gain 
in the mixer. I'm not using any compression in the mixer. And my actual levels that I set the mixer at are much lower than what they have been in the past because I was using the preamp in, in the mixer. So we'll see how this goes. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this will You're sounding finally, good to me, Guy. Well, You're sounding good to me, so. I, I feel good. We'll see. <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, I've actually been using my, my Mac. Ooh, clever. I, I love it. I love it when I do that. Um, I've been using my Mac. Oh, hang on a minute. Let, come on, Steve. You can do that for me, can't you? Let me just find Steve. Okay, right. yeah. I've been using my Mac. Ah, have you been using it for the yes podcast there you go um (laughs) (laughs) um, quite a lot this week uh, because i've been doing some editing on uh on it for uh for work and um i've been using screenflow now i've had screenflow for quite a while and i've been updating the background i've only used it a couple of times rather than iMovie um, but actually I did, a, I had to suddenly jump in and do a load of stuff. And, um, I think I mentioned it last week that I was going to have to do it. And, um, I've jumped in, uh, did a quick search online to work out how to do a couple of things. And then once I got that worked out, it was working and pretty easy to get, uh, get to grips with and work, um, work with ScreenFlow. So created the video, lots of tracks and, um, uh, bringing, uh, images in, taking images out, overlaying other, um, um, videos on top of other videos taking sound out separating it lowering it putting some background music in yeah really impressed actually so uh i've been in use enjoy using my mac this week <laughs> yeah i actually use and i haven't used it in a while and i, I should because i've thought for a long time about making video because you know, i've done some written tutorials on the way that I do podcasting as far as, you know, software and hardware and all the rest of that. Yeah. And I always thought, you know, I should, I should do a, a video, but I, I don't have ScreenFlow. I have Camtasia, which is, yes. which is another yep. good program for doing. I'll be honest with you. I think, I'll, I think I was given a free version of Camtasia. Yeah. They're up to version three now, I think. Uh, oh, yes. I've got Camtasia 2 at the moment. So okay. yes. Well, it still yes. works because yeah. I actually have both of them. Cool. Yeah. And I put, I should should get rid of programs that I don't use anymore. And it just, they just sit there until I, you know, I'm down, I'm down to like six megs of space on a hard drive. It's like, I should get rid of some of this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. That's probably leaving it a bit late. Anyway, let's go over to the mymac.com website and read some of the articles. Okay. Would you like, would you like me to take the first one? Yeah, go ahead. Three Geeky Ladies, Social Media and Etiquette, Episode 96. The ladies talk about etiquette as it relates to social media. If you're looking for opinions, this is the episode for you. Yeah. Um, have you listened to this one? No, I haven't yet. This, this is actually a really, really good episode. All three of them at some point in this episode get angry. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I like a bit of angry. It's really good. It really, really is good. Uh, the next one, and that's um, Three Geeky Ladies, Episode 96. The next one is... I think I said that, didn't I? Yeah, did you say Three Geeky Ladies, Episode 96, Social I Media and Etiquette? Have... Yeah, I think I did. Oh, okay. Well, then that works. Uh, the next one is This Time We're Serious, Max Doc 2017. This is, and I think, is this the first time this year... We've mentioned it. That we've mentioned Max Doc? 
Yes. Okay. Um, well, and for I Max- don't think we'll mention it again after this show. No, Not. ever. Never. Not. <laughs> ever. Actually, you could probably set a watch by it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this year, uh, Guy Searle, you know him, host of the is, one. Is, is, I, it is, should is, say is, one is of the you? hosts. That is me. Yes. yes. One of oh, oh. the. Oh, I've been one of the hosts now. Am I? I've been demoted. Am I? Am I? That's it. I'm out of it. I mean, one of the hosts can't go, of- to Mac, can't go to Mac stocks. That's it. That's it. Well, you weren't going to go you. anyway. Sod you, Gaz. That's it. You don't care. You're a nobody. And wasn't like there was some F1 event at the same time as Max Stock this year? Yeah. Or has that got nothing whatsoever no, it got to moved. do with it? It got moved. It, yes, it got moved. I'm really rather, rather annoyed, but there you go. Can't do much about what, did, it. Did I've they always... move it to that yeah, they date moved. or away from Well, it wasn't officially... It was unofficially going to be the weekend before, two weekends before, but then the the, the calendar came out and it was that weekend. Oh, so, that sucks. Yeah. And for for those who who hadn't heard us talk about Max Doc twenty fifteen, <laughs> uh, Gaz was there, and that was actually the very first time, you know, after six plus years of podcasting together, that uh, that you and I actually met. Yes, and and we right. went outside and let other people take over our show. We did. Yeah, that's, that's cool. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up. That was actually pretty funny. Uh, anyway, anyway, this year, me, one of the hosts of the MyMac.com podcast, and <laughs> Tim. Oh, no, I'm not ready. After all of that, <laughs> Robertson, publisher of MyMac.com and host of the Tech Fan Podcast, are bringing back the My Mac I was looking at me chocolate. game show. Give <laughs> him some chocolate. No, 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 no. He was there. Last seen at the Mac World Expo many years ago. And this, I God, I can't even remember what year that was because he didn't go to like the last two. Mac right. World Expo. So it had to have been like 2011, 2012. The My Mac Game Show will be a fun interactive quiz in which the audience at MacStock can win. win well, big. let's save that announcement for later. Mostly because uh, we have no idea what the prices are going to be yet. In the meantime, be sure to head over to the MacStock Expo website and register to attend. And right now, as a matter of fact, I think the regular price is $199. The early bird special for MacStock 2017, and Gaz, you and I need to to cut a promo for this. Is going to, is it's like twenty five percent off. It's one forty nine. This is all off the top of my head. Yeah. So can don't, I, can don't hold me that, to it. Yeah. Can I also say that Mike has split the tickets up because I think one of the feedbacks that he got from last year was that some people didn't want to do both days or they didn't yeah. want to do the evening do. So I think Mike split it up now. So uh, go over and, and see what options are. But yes, yeah, well, get the early bird. Get the early bird while it's available. Real quick, you can get a single day pass. You can you, get. You can. You can. Did you not listen to what I, know. I just said? I Let's did. Let's get through the articles. We can get the details <laughs> later. The people okay. are quite capable of going and checking out. Are themselves. you sure? Are you absolutely sure? <laughs> you just can't resist it, can you? I, you I don't know can't. when to shut up. That's what it is. All right, shut up. Okay. Satechi USB 3.0 hub and card reader. This is a user memo by Bert Clanchard. 
It's Bert Clanchard doing the My Mac 3Rs, reading, <laughs> writing, reviewing. Yeah. Kurt hates reaching around his iMac to blindly plug in USB cables and SD cards. I agree with him. It's a frustrating pain in the neck. Satechi has a convenient solution. Their new hub has three USB 3.0 ports and slots for SD and micro SD cards. The matte anodized aluminium matches your iMac and sits comfortably on its base. Now you can speak. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, so there's going to be three different... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Next one up is Geekiest Show Ever, number 245, Dead Goo. Nobody breathe as all four of the hosts are there or here this week. Uh, this week, we are doing something a bit different since most people, except Kevin, hunker down in the winter and look for indoor activities we decided to look at our favorite, oh, very nice, geek pastime of binge watching. We discuss what we have been binge watching. He just said We that. have been binge watching. Binge, binge watching. <laughs> Some movies include The Dark Knight, Batman vs. Superman, and Deadpool. TV shows on the list include Orange is the New Black, Stranger Things, Narcos, Bloodline, OA, and Black Meta, go Meta. download and listen. Okay, so Club Nintendo level 152. Tim, there are some who call me Tim. And John, talk more Switch news, the Fire Emblem Direct, and some 3DS news. Uh, was this the two and a half hour show? I haven't listened to this yet. I don't know. Okay. It doesn't say. It doesn't say here how long the show was. Well, whoever wrote these so, show notes, they, they they need to get on the stick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to complain. Uh, well, okay. Next up is the um, Dor Dorico, or is that? I'll take that. Okay. I'll take that. Dorico. Okay, music notation software from Steinberg. This is a review. A by, review. Review by Sark Mealy. Until October last year, open bracket, 2016, close bracket, the two <laughs> most fully featured professional level music notation packages were Avid's Sibelius. Uh, Sibelius. Okay, Sibelius. And Make Music's Finale. Each costs in the range of $600 to buy outright. I know. Amongst, amongst, ah, weaponry, amongst the clutch of freeware <laughs> or open source alternatives are MuseScore and LilyPond. In a widely publicized move five years ago, 2012, Avid closed the London location and operations there for the Sibelius development and support team. Several members of that highly talented group, including the Sibelius. Why do they have to keep making me say this? Sibelius is knowledgeable, <laughs> diligent, and almost alarmingly, alarmingly, energetic. Alarmingly. I know. Oh, look out. He's knowledgeable and diligent and energetic. Oh, my God. Run away. Uh, product manager. I don't know where that was going. Daniel <laughs> Spreadsbury were hired by. There's the no S in there apart from at the start. Uh, Spreadbury. That's better. Uh, what did I say? Spreadsbury. Spreadsbury. <laughs> so lots of spreading and lots of burying. I could have uh, let it go, but there is a <laughs> you famous could have, referee. But I could you have, couldn't. But 
<laughs> no, I couldn't because there's a referee in the UK called Spreadbury, and he's oh, yeah, a good referee. So, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I, I I apologize to Mister Spreadsbury because I know Spreadbury, all- Spread- not Ed Lewis. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm talking about the referee now. No, his name's Spreadbury. Oh, Sp- Spreadbury. <laughs> SpongeBob SquarePants. Well, I've gone so far off the mark here. Daniel Spreadbury were hired by the German-based music and audio specialist Steinberg to produce a competitor notation product from scratch. Go over and read, for heaven's sake, because there's no no way you can make any sense about what we're saying. Or so. yeah, okay. Um, okay. So okay, my Tech- turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Tech fan number two ninety sur- <laughs> Surface and iPad. The big topics this week include the Surface Three iPad and Apple's treatment of both the ecosystem surrounding the Mac and iOS, as well as their partners. The show ends with the big news of the week: Tim <laughs> Robertson and David Co. Hoen Hoen Hoen. <laughs> Host. Does he no. know Spreadsbury's? No, I've got to say, I've got to say, I listened to this, I and I don't know what the, I don't know what the big news is. Mainly because I was listening to it last night and I fell asleep. Well, the, the big news is that Tim Robertson and David Cohen toasted. Isn't that the big news? <laughs> yeah, yes, toasted. I don't think um, I don't think David Cohen likes toast. Well, no, not that kind of toast. Where you, where you hold up like champagne or something and toast. <laughs> Okay. If you want to write <laughs> for the mighty MyMac.com website, send an email to Mr. Nemo at MyMac.com. And Mr. Nemo's first name is John. This is not send- Gmo. What's the message? <laughs> the message is Nemo at MyMac.com. Send him a, well, a piece of your wares, an article from your script. And um, anyway, I'm sure John would Take you in with open arms. He's just no that kind of guy. Yes, and no, without any funny business as well. Yeah, yeah. So, Gaz, if, if people wanted to contact you, how would they do it? Send an email to gaz at mymac.com or tweet me, uh, twitter.com forward slash gazmansguy. Yeah. How would they get in contact with you? Oh, well, that would be guy at mymac.com or Mac Parrot on the Twitters. There's also feedback at mymac.com and our Skype number which is dunno oh I can't think of it either <laughs> I can't remember what it is Seven, so I'm, kidding, I'm kidding I'm <laughs> 703-436-9501 square pants anyway guess yes get, get us out of here okay everybody I really would like for this occasion to be completed so stand by everybody Uh, to stand by because Guy and Gaz will be right back. Yes, they will. Nicely said. Unfortunately. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchard, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie.
riding the short bus to mediocrity. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome back to the MyMac.com podcast. Boy, that first section, pure, pure professional gold. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, what we were going to kind of talk about this week uh, is where we believe that uh, some of the different ways that, that Apple might go uh, with desktop Macs. Now I'm talking strictly about desktop Macs because, you know, with the release of the new MacBook pro and it's touch bar, any truly accurate forecast of the future concerning those desktop Macs has been kind of thrown into a vortex of uncertain, <laughs> damn it. I just blew it. Uncertain uncertainty, which is my new made up word. Uh, in case you didn't know, the touch bar and the high end 13 and 15 inch MacBook Pros have a long, thin display just aboard, just above the keyboard that shifts and shimmies to different things depending on which applications are in the foreground. How this works is relatively simple to explain. It essentially has its very own processor and it's an ARM processor. In fact, similar to the ones that power iPhones, iPads, Apple TVs, and even the Apple Watch. Now, obviously, these devices are kind of different versions of ARM processors, but the underlying technology is the same. And you could call... Can, can I just jump in sure. and just clarify that for, yeah. for people so they understand? It's actually processors based on the ARM architecture. Yes, is that a better description of, of it? Because some people might think, what, what a lot of people don't realize is that ARM don't produce anything. No, they don't. It's a design. It's yeah, a processor yeah. design. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No, that's fine. Now, you could call the MacBook Pro uh, the first in a very long time hybrid Mac. And the reason why I say in a very long time is that this isn't, or it wouldn't be the first time that Apple has created hybrid Macs. Uh, there was actually an x86 card that you could add to, and this goes way back, to the Mac SE's expansion port. There was another that could be added to what they used at the time, uh, some of the, the higher-end Macs, which was a new bus slot. It was a card slot. And probably... Uh, very few people bought it because it was a dumb idea. The Power Macintosh <laughs> 6100 DOS compatible. Uh, however, this time, instead of trying to run DOS or uh, or later on uh, DOS or later on the various ways to run Windows, it's running essentially a stripped down version of iOS. Now, uh, what exactly can be gleaned from this? And in my opinion, very little as Apple could swerve uh, into a number of different directions, all with their own benefits and detriments. But I think I can say this with relative cert certitude, another great word. Um, what won't <laughs> is happen that the opposite is, to uncertainty. Yes, yes. Right, Un uncertainty means that you're not sure. Certitude means like you're totally sure. Totally. Man. Totally man. man. Yeah, but certain totally. Uh, it won't be a touchscreen Mac. <clears throat> now, uh, I've got a couple of, of scenarios here, and I wanted to get your opinions on this, uh, Gas. Okay. Okay. The, the first way I think they could go 
is a desktop Intel Mac with a wired touch bar keyboard. And for security reasons, it's doubtful that Apple will release an unwired, like Bluetooth version of a keyboard with the touch bar for two reasons, power and security, especially considering that the one of the really useful features is Touch ID, the same kind of Touch ID that you have on your phones and iPads. So it would be like a USB 3 or a Thunderbolt keyboard. And why not USB 2? Because if Apple ever releases a Mac, another Mac with USB 2, I would be shocked. Anyway, by outputting the need of an ARM chip to the keyboard for the touch bar to work, Apple would actually have to make very few changes to the overall design of any of their desktops. While going back to a wired keyboard after being pretty much wireless for years might strike some uh, at Apple as a step back, it's the safest way to accomplish the goal of extending the touch bar functionality and touch ID to something other than portable Macs. Now, in, in my opinion, I see this as being most likely. And how do you feel about it? I don't think they'll do a wired keyboard. How come? I just don't think they'll do it. I th- you said it in the last piece that, that Apple would possibly deem this to be uh, a step back. Everything Apple does is that they're moving to wireless scenario. Um, I'm a little bit, I can understand a little bit about the security piece and where you're coming from and why then you'd be pointing towards a, a wired keyboard, but I just can't see them doing it wired. So they're going to have to get over that security angle if they're going to have to do it over Wi-Fi. Well, they won't do it over Wi-Fi, but it'll have to be Bluetooth. Um, so unless they can get a really secure um, option in uh, in using it. But you, people use Bluetooth keyboards at the moment. So, yeah, I, d- I just can't see them doing a wired version, Guy. Well, but I think, I, I think the but difference... But, but I think they're going to have to do a touchboard touch um, bar keyboard for new Macs going forward. Unless they really, unless they really, really, really want to push, really want to push um, the MacBooks over the desktops. Well, those honestly of, I I believe of sales of all Macs, it's the laptops that, that are like the biggest sellers. Well, I know, but it, 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 it's then creating a very differential between the two, the two types of um, of computer, isn't it? You know, right. They're, they're, they're then pushing you to make a choice, not on whether you want a desktop or a, a laptop, but if you go for the laptop, then you're getting this as an extra uh, bonus. So, yeah. Well, do you know. think, do you think that, that if they don't release a keyboard that has touch ID or touch bar, that they're, they're kind of splintering their own market? Yeah. Oh, okay. But I do. <laughs> Short yeah, and concise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I do. All right. Um, uh, anything else on that one? I guess we'll have to agree to disagree because I, I think that the only way that they could do it securely would be with a wired keyboard. Well, I'm not disagreeing that with that point. I, I think, I'm, well, I am disagreeing with that point. <laughs> <if I'm honest. laughs> what, but I think they will have to find a way to make it secure. 
Okay. I don't. I just don't think they'll want to uh, release a wired touch bar keyboard. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, because they could actually put the arm <laughs> chip inside the keyboard, and then I guess uh, have. Well, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, they could have some kind of uh, yeah, software pairing. I didn't. Well, I didn't think about it when I was writing it. Uh, a software pairing between um, the identification number of the Mac and the identification I, of the keyboard. Yeah, I, I, you know that I, I I really can't see them not being able to do the security even over Bluetooth if they've got chips in both. When you do, you know, you go through your identification process, they just make extra steps in there to make sure that it, it's it's been identified as a secure um, device. That's I, I'm sure they'll they'll get over it. I just cannot see them coming out with um, a wired keyboard with a with a wired keyboard. I mean, they'll still have them as options, I think, but I just don't and. I just don't. I just don't think as standard they would do a wired keyboard. Okay. Um, well, <clears throat> the next one I have here is a hybrid Intel uh, ARM-based desktop Mac. Now, Apple has shown that with their ARM-designed processors, they can do nearly anything that most people use computers for. And I'm talking about iPhones and iPads. Yep. They could release a desktop Mac with an Intel processor at its core and an ARM processor or two for certain other functions, including as a bridge to an all ARM future. Now, if Apple was moving to ARM, this could be the machine that people could use for both new Mac OS applications meant to run on ARM and legacy programs created for uh, x86. Uh, what do you think about that? that? That seems to be the drip feed of putting processors into the machine. I, unless, <clears throat> okay, why would they want to do it? Now, there's either a, a process that they want to move people over to a completely new operating system using ARM so that they've got complete control. Or there's a cost um, process going on here as well. So that they've got, not only have they got complete control over the architecture and the uh, manufacture of the uh, of the chipsets, um, but that there there may well also be some, um, some saving, uh, cost saving in them producing uh, the chipsets and the processes. Um, now, I think there's going to be quite a big saving from to do that unless they really are thinking that you see desktops don't need the the, the much smaller processors and the lighter processor and the, the efficient processor that um the arm brings along yeah well i mean this is this is back to the same argument <clears throat> that they used to have uh with risk based processors versus cisc based processors now you've got me oh sorry um risk is like the processors that Apple used to use, the PowerPC chips. Which, ah, the power, right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that stood for yeah. reduced instruction set. Yeah. So, so are you talking about the, the fact they moved to Intel from the power um, processors? Uh, partially. 
uh, because uh, x86 because, because chips my, are CISC based, which is complex instructions. Right. Set. Okay. So that, that's fine. But I thought that part of that process of moving was because they were going nowhere with the old processors as well. They, you know, they couldn't they couldn't take the Mac on to the next stage because they were starting to fall behind. Yeah, I thought, well, there, was, I thought there was a lot of that going on. Well, as well. there, there now, was quite a bit of that going on <clears throat> because neither neither Motorola or IBM were willing so, to put in the time, money, or or research right, so, required so, to speed those chips so up. That, right, so it's not quite the same scenario that we've got here, then, is it? No, I think there there are other things at play as to why they would want to go uh, to an ARM based uh, Mac desktop. Now it could be consistency across the line if they if they do start pushing ARM based um, uh, processors into their the laptops more and more, then they probably want to keep that consistency um, from a manufacturing point of view all the way through the the, the whole range. So yes, I well, it would have to be. That. Yeah, or they would be asking develop. I mean, Apple has yeah. gone through this process uh, at least twice before. And I suppose your 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 previous comment about the fact that laptops are the biggest sellers, moving to ARM gives them an advantage in uh, power. Power um, efficiency. Power efficiency, which means right. longer battery life. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would want to do that in their laptops. So, yeah, that could be part of the reasoning. We just have to bring it over to the, the Macs as well. But I think actually they could put it into the desktops as an easier trial than they could into the laptops. Well, why is that? Purely through size and uh, there's less oh, people oh. using them. Uh, well, but- and, and then you could combine them. You could do, you know, you could do your dual, um, your dual trials as it were. But I, I can't, again, I can't really see them doing that. They're either going to do it or they're not. They won't, they won't mess about. It'll either happen or it won't happen. Yeah. Um, what I've got here is that unlikely as Apple when making changes in the past has essentially just done it as far as the hardware goes and then provided an emulation layer that while, uh, runs more slowly, uh, provides a way for people to continue for some amount of time to use older applications. And I guess the question is, uh, will the next version of the ARM processor allow for a uh, an, an emulation layer powerful enough to run uh, x86 based software while on a completely different architecture and we have no idea because you know we no. don't know no. what the next uh, arm based chip that let, let, Apple's going to come out with let, let's put it it wouldn't surprise me in the in the slightest because you know they are good at making sure yeah the holistic experience. process yeah and the holistic experience and process of owning a mac is is one that makes life easier for them and easier for us so okay so i think we can both agree that that they wouldn't most likely do a hybrid uh, intel arm desktop macintosh probably not no probably not okay and uh the last one i have here is strictly <clears throat> ARM-based Macs. And uh, you and I have talked before about ARM-based Macs. And I still think that this will be the future for uh, the Mac. Uh, however, the release of the MacBook Pro with an ARM-based touch sensor now has me kind of doubting that it's going to be sooner rather than later. Because, you know, why... Why go through this process? If you're going to have 
ARM-based processing across the line for your computers. Why do this with the touch bar now? I, you know, I, I just don't get it. <sighs> yeah. I just wonder whether we're thinking too deep guy, to be honest with you. No one has ever accused us of that before. I didn't say anyone else was accusing us. Oh, okay. I just wonder whether. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all's right with the world again. <laughs> uh, but- it, it, you know, sometimes, it, it, I, if I'm honest, if I'm really honest with you, I don't give a shit. Oh, oh, oh careful. <laughs> and the reason I don't give a <clears throat> is because... It, the only time I will be upset is if it's not working for me. If I move to a new Mac and it's not doing what I want it to do. Um, yes, I had a power PC with my first Mac. It was a Mac mini, uh, but they were m- soon moving over to Intel. Uh, and I flipped over to Intel and it was, yeah, it was a few apps on the old one that I couldn't move across to the new one. And, you know, you'll have the same problem, but they don't want to be stuck going backwards and stuck in the same way that Windows and Microsoft were for many years. And I can't see that happening. So they'll do it if they need to do it. And they can see a future a moving forward. And they, they can work out that they, they can do a great more things with owning and uh, creating their own architecture and um, uh, processes. Right. And this gives them control over the entire widget. Process, yeah. Yep. yep. And that's something that Apple throughout its history has loved to do. Yep. Um, I think that uh, the Worldwide Developer Conference, which I believe is in June this year, I'd I have to check. I think uh, so. That I think will tell the tale whether that's something that we'll see uh, in 2017. And the, the, and, you know, when we talked about this before, one of the reasons why at the time I thought that Apple hadn't updated a lot of their, their Macs was because they were going to make a move like this. And now I am completely confused, you know, more so than usual <laughs> over, you know, what Apple is going to do with the desktop line, because it's been, I think, uh, nearly a year and a half. Well, no, they did they update the iMac last year? No. Okay, so we're looking at a year and a half. Yeah, I don't think they did, no. For the iMac. It's been nearly, uh, it's two, three years since the Mac Mini has had any kind of of major update. And over four years since the Mac Pro has had any love. So, you know, if they're trying to clear out the channels and they're getting ready to make a a big move, a, a big architecture move, Right now is like the the perfect time to do it. True. But so far there has been, you know, and even, you know, with a move like this, you know, Apple is no longer that one to 2% company that can spring something out like this and developers who, who make software for the Mac are going to go, Oh crap, we have to, you know, do all this stuff and, and make our stuff ready for, for the, the new shiny. Um, with as big as Apple is now, they they kind of need to get with the developers of some of their more popular products and say, 
you know, hey, guys, this is what we're going to do. You need to start working on it right now so that when the new hardware comes out, you're not stuck with uh, x86 software trying to run on ARM. You'll have your programs ready to go to come out on ARM-based processors that we're going to make the new Macs with. But there hasn't been anything. You know, I mean, lots of people like us have talked about what uh, Apple could do with ARM, but there has been almost silence yeah, from so Apple itself. So, well, yeah, which indicates, if I mean, if the developers aren't seeing anything, then it ain't going to happen yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I think WWDC is going to be uh, the make or break point for 2017 going into I, 2018 no, no, yeah, for what easily. Apple is going to do. Uh, yeah, if you don't hear anything in 2017, it, it ain't going to be happening for at least 18 months. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, I think we've beaten this to death. We have, we've killed it. <laughs> wait, okay. Have you got a gunshot? Have you got a gunshot? Uh, I do. Use a gunshot, that's it. Thank you. Let me let me have a go, please. Okay. Get out of here now. Go on. Go on home and uh, I go home. <laughs> Why'd you get us out of your guess? Uh, well, again. Oh no, I can do it. I guess that's right. I, you did it the first time, right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right. So everyone, please stand by to stand by, and we shall we shall be right back. We will. Private Eye, Macintosh, and I'm here to tell you about a book written about me and my search for the Maltese Cube. Yes, it's a fine book. I think you should get it. Quiet, you. It combines technology, Mac trivia, action, murder, suspense. Oh, just tell them where to get it. I'll get to that. Romance, film noir detective fiction. I can't stand it anymore. It's called The Maltese Cube, and it was written by my Mac writer and podcaster. Guy Searle, find it on Amazon. It's only $2.99 and coming soon to the Apple's iBook store. Don't forget, it's the Maltese Cube and so inexpensive. You know you're not in it, right? I mean, the next one, right? Sure thing, Louis. You know, this could be the start of a beautiful friendship. Get the Maltese Cube on Amazon and soon in the iBook store. Podcasting means never having to say you're sorry. The G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the final section. That's a relief, I can hear you all say. <laughs> uh, this week's Mighty MyMac podcast. Yes, it's a relief for us as well, really. Yeah. <sighs> oh, was that was that my cue to say nod your head? Yes. Ah. Hit it. Gases and tips. Mostly it's harder and harder all the time. It's time for Gaz's tip. Right, this is a nice, easy, short one. Got a window in the background that you want to see a little bit more of without disturbing the windows that are in front of it? Ooh, this is click, timely. Click on your command button. Then click on the title bar of that window or that window 
you know, so you can move it around and it won't pop to the front. It won't get focus. It will stay in the background and you can move it anywhere on your screen. Place it, release it, release command and everything is where you left it apart from the window that you moved with the command option or the command button pressed. That works a treat. Do you like that? I just did it. I just did it. Good. I don't know a lot of this stuff. Nod's head. (laughs) That's the end of Gaz's tips. That's the end of Gaz's tips. That's the end of Gaz's tips. Is that the uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? I haven't got a brain. Only straw. (laughs) Wait, hold on. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Shall I do my pick? Yes. Okay. Why not? You do um, your pick. I will. You're going to do it now? I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> uh, my pick this week is a program called My MI DVD Pro. It's from Shedworks, on, and it's $9.99 on the Mac App Store. Uh, Gaz, do you miss iDVD? I do. Well, and just how simple it was to use, this program will fill those I need to send a DVD to grandma because she doesn't get tech blues in one simple, easy to use package. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles that iDVD had, but you can add multiple movies, a soundtrack and edit the titles. It also has a somewhat limited number of themes, but I think the message for this program is simplicity. That's my DVD pro from Shedworks. It's $9.99 on the Mac app store. And they actually have a free version but the free version only allows you to bring one movie in. Um, is iDVD not working now? Uh, honestly, I haven't tried it for years. I know, I know it's actually still on my Mac, but I've, I equally haven't tried it. So, listeners, here's a task for you. See whether iDVD is still an application that works. And then and let us does, know about it on Google plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's up. funny. No, it's not funny. Anyway, my pick is I referred to it earlier in the, uh, in the program <laughs> program. I called it a program. Um, that's this. It's what we're doing. It's a yeah, program guy. This, this, thing. this thing. Um, I did refer to it earlier in the show. And um, basically, it's um, ScreenFlow. Now, <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, guy. He's just adjusting the show notes for me. Uh, it, it's not that cheap. It's nine ninety nine. like Guy's Pick. No, that's a lie. It's $99. <laughs> um, so whatever the conversion rate is currently, um, which is probably £99. So you've got to want to to use this application. I think they do a trial run. I'm pretty sure they do. Go over, pull it down, have a go. Um, I like it. Works smoothly. Screen, screen flow. Um, start. Um, yes. Uh, so screen flow. Great, great application. Go trial. Go trial? Yeah. Do they have trial, a trial baby. version of it? I think they do, yes. Pretty sure oh, they cool. Do. Pretty um, sure they do. We have a people's pick. We don't. We do. We do. And it's we, from Alistair Jenks. Uh, who? You know, Alistair, no, him, that, never, that guy never, over down under. Never heard of him. Okay. Well, his pick is Affinity Photo. 
Uh, he says for years in his PC days, he used paint shop pro. Wow. As his image editor, after many years with that, he scored a license for Photoshop through work and uh, began to learn how to use it, but he couldn't afford to keep up with all of those versions. So he was still using an older version for many years. Uh, he looked at some of the Mac alternatives, including Pixelmator, Acorn, which is one of my favorites, and even the GIMP. While GIMP. all had their strengths, none really sat well with him. When Apple's Aperture was declared dead man walking, he decided to switch back, close bracket, open bracket, to Adobe Lightroom, and so signed up with Adobe's photographer's plan, which also included a license for Photoshop. And he was back in business with an up-to-date and powerful image editor. He had no need, therefore, to consider other image editors until Allison Sheridan of the No Silicast podcast told him that he should really take a look at the new Affinity photo from Serif. But she gushed, gushed so much about it that he thought he would give it a try. He hasn't opened up Photoshop in months. Affinity photo can be had for a mere US dollars 50, and he cannot recommend it highly enough. I like Affinity Photo as well. I've got it. Cool. Does, does it also do like uh, library stuff or is it mostly just for image editing? It's image editing. Okay. Um, I th uh, yeah, it's not really for uh, creating your library. Okay. Uh, we have some stuff over on Google+. Plus. We, <laughs> we do. We do. No, we don't. We do. Um, do we? We do. And the first one is from Alistair Jenks. And he says that he suspects this came out just after you recorded, but apparently the iOS 10.3 beta, uh, beta converts, beta, beta converts beta. your device to use APFS, or as I Ooh. like to call it, APFS. 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 From what he's, he's heard so far, no dramas reported. Cool. Excellent. Okay, Nicholas Riley. He was listening to the Atfus episode on his way into work uh, on one morning and heard me choose iCloud as his pick. My pick, that is. It's safe to say he's had a lot of ups and downs with iCloud and the latest changes have only made his life harder. A little background. He produces a church magazine and another member of the church proofreads the articles for him. In a previous iCloud update, Apple introduced the ability to share documents and hurrah and joy and bound, he could share his pages document with his proofreader and they could edit it on their PC. Wonderbar! But dot, 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 <laughs> and <laughs> there's always a but. Dot, 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 with the advent... I nearly said Advent calendar. With the advent of collaboration, what a misnomer that is! Exclamation mark! Exclamation mark! His proofreader now needs an Apple ID to edit the document. The fact is, his proofreader is about as far from a techie as you can get, and almost burst a blood vessel trying to set it up an Apple ID. In the end, he agreed to go round to her house and set it up for her. So thanks, Apple, for making yeah. his life harder once again unsmiley face apart from the trauma it caused my proofreader and me by extension he thinks iCloud is pretty good too yeah we could tell he just, he just wishes Apple <laughs> could leave useful functionality alone rather than messing all the while rant over and breathe dot 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 uh, Alistair Jenks uh, replied to this 
and said that this story brings up an interesting point. Having used computers for crikey 36 years now, I can honestly say that the biggest problem that he's had uh, over time is the chasm, 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 chasm between you say chasm, I, I say, say chasm, 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 chasm uh, between software developers making stuff easy and users knowing what they're doing. Uh, by which he means computers aren't simple. And yet software and service developers keep insisting that they've cracked the code and produced something simple enough for anyone to use. They haven't. He now turns to Rhodes for an analogy. How much training do you have to have before you're allowed to operate a motor vehicle unsupervised? Depending on your location, it can be quite a bit. It's a, it's been a couple of years here. I'm sorry. It's a couple of years here and some are trying to get more training packed into those years because a lot of people still don't know how to drive. Yeah. Shocker. I know a lot of people don't know how to use computers either, but many of them assume they do like us or that they don't need to. It's a set of skills that need to be learned over time because computers aren't tons of metal easily able to kill someone and why anybody would want that. I don't know. We think training unimportant. But they can easily, absolutely ruin your life if not treated with respect. If you want to use computers successfully, you'll need to make an effort to upskill. Is that anything like, um, uh, what's that great word that I had? Uh, uncertainty? No, it's nothing <laughs> like that. It's oh. a real word. Oh, excellent. Way to go. <laughs> Thumbs up. Expecting the software to save you is a path to failure. Nicholas Riley jumped in and said, entirely agree, Alistair. My proofreader is in her 70s. But having said that, she used to be a teacher. Hope I never find technology too difficult to use or understand. Um, I've got to say, actually, some people don't care and don't want to use technology. So it's not a matter of, you know, it's fausted on them to do something to help other people. Like this lady says, okay, I'll proofread it for you. I use these darn confusing fangled computers. Um, and then it's made difficult. Um, and, um, but she might not really be a techie because, you know, plenty of old people still use computers. And, sure. Look at me. So look at both of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alistair Jenks comes back and say, that's the thing. In my experience, very few people find technology too difficult to understand. Most find it too difficult to try. Certain members of my family infuriate me by exclaiming how computers always make it so hard and always <laughs> keep changing, yet have shown that when they really care, they are more than capable of taming the beast. And that was, yep. that was oh. great feedback, guys. Thank you so very, very much. Um. No iTunes feedback, but if you ever do an iTunes review and uh, we'll speak about it on the show, the next thing you'll need to do is send me, Guy, an email, an email from Guy to get something that we call the... See, uh, I, I, I get the soundboard. I go to great expense. I'm finding the clips <laughs> and then you just take over. So I don't need, you know... I've... An email from Guy. Yeah. I, I rang the BBC up and got them to put that in a play <laughs> so that I could record it for you. Oh, did you now? No. No, I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but Gaz, what is a Woody? 
<laughs> Wooty is a very valuable certificate that you will receive handcrafted by Oh, no, I better not go there. <laughs> <laughs> I use my hands. Yes, That's yes. all I use, my hands. Oh, my God. No, I wasn't going to go with that. I was going to oh. go with another analogy, but oh. I thought I better not. And um, you will get a wooty if you do something fantastic to or for the show. Yeah, we, there's like three or four different kinds that yeah. you can get. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. iTunes reviews, for... If, anyway. And if if somebody did something spectacular, yeah, how, how would they get in contact with you so they could get that wooty guy? Oh, it is simplicity itself. Much is like it? me, it is. All you'd have to do is send an email from guy. Exactly, from guy. It's an email from guy. Oh, they need to send oh, it okay. to guy. To guy <laughs> at mymac dot com. Uh, I can also be found. On the Twitters, and my handle there is Mac Pettit. <laughs> you can also send send it to feedback at mymac.com. Fearless leader Tim. Oh. <laughs> Fearless leader Tim will get it and forward it on to us. Gaz, how can people get a hold of you? Ever so easy. Right. Let's just get let the music drump in there. That's better. There we okay. Go. Send an email to Gaz, G A Z, Cars at mymac.com or a Twitter to twitter.com forward slash Gazmas, G A Z, Cars M A Z. You can also send uh, a joint tweet to both wait, myself. Wait, wait, a joint tweet? Or yes, a joint tweet wow. to both myself. Is that legal in most states in the U.S.? Yes. Myself and Guy even. And the, and the handle is twitter.com forward slash Guy and Gaz. G-Y-A-D-G-A-S-Z. Cars. Ah, oh, thank you. Any other way? Yeah, Skype. Plus one, 703-436-9501. Ring it, ring it, ring it, ring it, ring it, ring it, ring it. Plus one, 703-436-9501. What <laughs> we would appreciate it. We love the feedback, and um, we do. We also deeply appreciate the fact that you, all of you, have taken the time to download and listen. Not necessarily in that order, though. Actually, I guess it would have to be in that order. <laughs> to the MyMac Gold to the MyMac.com podcast. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. And Gaz, you know what I think. Well, that we are good enough. I think no, no. that we are, oh, ever so smart enough. No, definitely not. And doggone it, people just like us. Well, my dog likes me. <laughs> yeah, well, he's 17. <laughs> How we will did me juice revolution apple miskin gone arm. The Verkers, Hetna Pa, Mency, Skrick. Skrick, yes. Ken Affrey? Who's doing this <laughs> language? Sorry. <laughs> Ken Affrey, yes, Affrey Khan. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
Thanks for downloading and listening to the MyMac Podcast. You can also hear other great podcasts on the MyMac Podcasting Network, like the Tech Fan Podcast, Three Geeky Ladies, Geekiest Show Ever, the Let's Talk Podcast, Essential Apple Podcast, and the Club PlayStation and Club Nintendo Podcasts. Okay, we are now recording. I have levels for me. You have levels for me? I do have levels for you. Let me see if I have levels for Soundboard. Of course, I'm not bright about doing things. No, I I have levels for Soundboard. I don't (laughs) like that. Oh, right, okay. (laughs) Because (laughs) that's how I am. You nincompoop. I am. I am. I definitely am. I haven't got a brain. Only straw. <laughs> Only straw. Only straw. And he sounds, he sounds so whimsical about it. Uh, Only straw. Only straw. Oh, dear. It's okay, though. So what are you going to see tonight? Oh, um, it's the same play that Peter did, I think, in his junior year, where they did, like, a, a bunch of of, like, scary plays. They did uh, Night of the Living Dead, which we're going to see tonight. And they also did Dracula. And oh, oh, oh. there was there was one. Uh, and well, Peter actually played Dracula in that right. particular production. Um, but oh. they, they did Night of the Living Dead. And part of the show is where all the characters on stage are watching television. Well, what they ended up doing was Peter and uh, one of the other actors actually went down to uh, the local NBC television station, Channel uh, 4. And they allowed them to use their, like, news backdrops so that they could film this thing of, you know, Peter talking about or being interviewed about these dead people coming back to life. Yeah. So when they decided to redo it, um, because they already had that footage, they're reusing it this year from when Peter was a junior. So yeah. Peter having done absolutely nothing to, you know, having nothing to do with this version of the play is in it and is listed in the credits <laughs> for something that he did like two, three years ago. Isn't that exciting? All I, all, all I know is what you was going to say. Oh. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean I'm not going to spend a ridiculous no, amount of time no, explaining it. No, I was, I, that was my fault. <laughs> how, how dare you bring up any topic? I would like a piece of chocolate, but it's all upstairs. And I don't have a wife who will bring me chocolate. Mm. I'll tell you what she does bring me. That's what she brings me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. Oh, well, nobody should be. Mm. If I really Life. make her mad, that's what it yeah, is. Everyone's a full time nutcase. I'm going to have to listen to this bit. It's Bacon News of Blitz again, the Trump Apocalypse. <laughs> it's crazy as it may sound, it's something really great. And if you say it loud enough, you always sound quite fair. Hey, Bacon News of Blitz again, the Trump Apocalypse. Hey, Trump Diddly, 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 Trump Diddly. 
Went out on the internet just to check the news But what I found when I looked up just gave me the blues And then one day I learned a phrase that saved me aching head The biggest <laughs> word you ever heard and this is what it said Oh, fake news bits again, a Trump apocalypse If, if he airs, if he said it's something really great And if you say it loud enough, you always sound quite fair hit. Fake news of blitz again, a Trump apocalypse Get Trump delay, Trump delay, Trump delay, Trump delay Trump delay, Trump delay, Trump delay the Republicans and Democrats both just like to claim The other side's news is fake and they're the ones to blame But Fox and CNN both speak the falsehoods never masked And then I say my special words and they can kiss my ass. Fake news blitzes in a Trump apocalypse Get crazy as if me sound is something really great And if you say it loud enough you always sound quite fair Fake news of blitz again a Trump apocalypse Trump diddly, Trump diddly, Trump diddly, Trump diddly. So when the politicians open up their mouths, just summon up this word and tell them please go south. They kiss you where the sun don't shine, cause that's a real good start. And if they're not sure what you mean, then out of great big fart. Oh, fake news blitz again, the Trump apocalypse. Crazy as it makes sounds, it's something really great. And if you say it loud enough, you always sound quite fair. Faking news of blitz again, the Trump apocalypse. Faking news of blitz again, the Trump apocalypse. Get crazy ears yeah, if it sounds something really great. And if you say it loud enough, you'd always sound quite fair. Faking news of blitz again, the Trump apocalypse. Faking news of blitz again, the Trump apocalypse. Oh, I think I need to lay down a bit now. <laughs> <laughs> And she's not only merely dead, she's really most sincerely dead. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with this. I would dance and be merry, life would be a ding a dairy. Ding a dairy. Only had a brain. Ding a dairy. Ding a dairy. Ding a dairy. Right.